Hello and welcome to the She Can Share podcast, where I am going to help you arise and shine as the woman of influence that God is calling you to be, where you are going to learn how to share your God-given gifts, talents, and abilities with the world through content creation and by just being who you are. You are meant to let go of shame, guilt, condemnation, and fear, and arise and shine and be the light of the world. So whether you're here to grow your influence, grow your business, or just learn some content creation tips to express Christ in you, I want you to know that I'm here for it. So let's get started. back to the She Can Share podcast. I am super excited to have a fantastic guest with us today. His name is John Sanders, and he is the co-founder of Entree Pastors and the co-host of Entree Pastors podcast. With over 20 years in ministry, John has a passion for using his voice to motivate and inspire leaders in business through his professional coaching, speaking, and podcasting platforms. So welcome to the show, John. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you guys. Yes, I really loved when I was able to connect with you and hear a little bit more about your heart. I have not yet met somebody that is so clear and so passionate about helping ministries create another stream of income like you are. So I really wanted to have you on the show. Well, thank you. I'm looking forward to the conversation and love the work that uh, we get to do in the world. So my pleasure. Yeah, well, I thought it would be cool if you wouldn't mind opening up and just telling us like a little bit about your background, um, kind of where you came from, and then what you're doing now. Yeah, so I'll try and give kind of the abbreviated version, but I, I'm a pastor's kid. I grew up in pastoral ministry, uh, watched my parents go through that and uh, loved it, had a great experience being in ministry, but I was not going to do that with my life. I wanted to uh, play professional football, and the NFL didn't get that memo either because they never called me. But somewhere in high school, I really got excited about a career in the fire service as a firefighter. And uh, by God's grace, he let me have that for a few years. And so I went to work as a young guy at the age of 21 for the Peoria Fire Department in Illinois and thought that's what I'd do for the rest of my life. And then uh, God just messed up all my plans and really pursued me into Uh, pastoral ministry. I knew he was calling me to preach. I was terrified of that. I thought this is going to be a train wreck. I did my best to outrun that calling. And after a few years, God won that wrestling match. And I said, okay, Lord, if you want me in pastoral ministry, I'm terrified. I think this is a big mistake, but I'll, I'll go. And uh, in spite of me and, and uh, my, you know, lack of abilities, God used me and my family to plant a church in rural South Dakota And over the years of our leadership there, the church grew into six different multi-site locations, had a good run with that for a season, stepped out of that role in early 2020. Somewhere in that journey, I had the cool opportunity of going back into full-time firefighting. So I still do that today. I work as a firefighter for the city of Sioux Falls, um, South Dakota. So there was about five years that I was doing both, pastoring this church that we had planted and working as a full-time firefighter. And in the middle of all of that, I've always been kind of an entrepreneur. It took me a while to actually like recognize that and take ownership of that identity. And like, this is who God made me to be. It's not a flaw. It's a feature. The fact that I can't help but start things and and build things and then hand it off to other people. 
And um, so along the journey, I got involved in podcasting, which led to kind of growing an audience around the this you know church world, speaking into the lives of pastors. That transitioned into launching a coaching business where I coach pastors. And then somewhere in the last few years, we launched this new platform that myself and my uh, business partner and, and co-founder Les Hughes are building together called Entree Pastors, where really out of both of our own stories, just the journeys we've been on, we've come to recognize we can do a lot better than the model that has so often accepted when it comes to you know church work and ministry work and what we think about when we think of ministry. And uh, so we're just kind of trying to offer up a, a new model, not that bivocational ministry is new by any means, but we're celebrating it. We're championing pastors being out in the marketplace, not like, oh, too bad, you have to go do another job because your church can't afford to pay you. Like, let's celebrate that. Let's get you out there where the sky is the limit on your earning potential, the people that you can have an impact on, and and let's do both. So that's kind of the work that I get to do today, serving pastors in, in that arena. Wow. There's like 10 different directions that I want to take this conversation because first of all, the fact that you are a firefighter, which is an interesting schedule. Um, my husband's just about to, he had a, an exam last night to become a police officer. <laughs> awesome. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. And we were obviously in church ministry and everything, but the fact that you did that simultaneously over a multi-site campus um, is just a celebration in and of itself. But what I thought was interesting that you said was that, um, you know, really coming to a place of recognizing that you were an entrepreneur and that that was a good thing. Can you yeah. kind of like share a little bit more about that? Like, did you feel for a long time that it was something that wasn't a good thing or tell me, tell me more? Well, for a long time, I didn't recognize it at all. Like I didn't see myself as an entrepreneur. I mean, in hindsight, it's ridiculous to say that. It's like God used me to plant a church and not just one, but multiple locations of that church. Like I'm always energized by the next new thing. Like let's create something that did not exist and build it. Like that energizes me, but I just, I just thought I was in ministry pastoring. So for a long time, I didn't recognize it. And I would also say that I, I, over the years, I've always been attracted to like business books and podcasts that talk about successful business startups. And I always felt maybe a little sense of either confusion or guilt about that. Like, is like, where's this coming from? Like I'm a pastor and, and there's kind of that mindset out there. And I think sometimes it's good advice for some people that is like, just do one thing and just focus on this one thing. Well, I've never been good at that. And and honestly, Melissa, if you were to ask me to like just whittle my life down to just one thing, for some people, they might think that's a gift. Like here, John, you only have to do one thing now. Just pick whichever it is. You want to be a firefighter? You want to own a handyman business? Do you, do you want to be a podcaster? That sounds terrible to me to have to pick just one thing. Like I'm <laughs> built for multiple things. I'm energized by multiple things. I can fully appreciate that other people are you know, overwhelmed by that. And it's not a matter of good or bad. It's just in my situation, I've come to realize this is not what's broken about me. It's, it's what God has gifted me in. So lean into it. And, uh, and if, if I can build a tribe around that and kind of find my people that get that and kind of get that, that lifestyle, then let's go, man, let's build some cool stuff together. That's so awesome. I absolutely love that. 
what would you say in your experience working with pastors or ministries is like some of the biggest mindset shifts that they have to overcome um, in maybe becoming an entrepreneur or creating a second stream of income? Yeah. Well, for one, I, I think a lot of times pastors have a limiting belief that says, well, I'll say it this way. I think pastors have really been taught by, if you will, the system and just the model that we've kind of built and accepted is and called ministry, pastors have really been taught to devalue their time and to devalue the the work that they do. So then when it comes to thinking about going outside of the four walls of the church into the, you know, quote unquote, secular marketplace, there's this thought of like, well, I don't even know what I could do. I don't have any skills out there. I'm just a pastor. I went to Bible college. I went to seminary for the last four decades. I've been in this church world. That's all I know. And the truth is, nothing could be farther from the truth. One of the things we help pastors see is that you have been honing a significant skill set in your work as a pastor. You know, these people skills, communication skills, leadership, speaking, writing, counseling, coaching. I mean, just the list goes on and on and on that if we if we just repackage that and take it out into the marketplace, those skills are highly sought after. They're highly valuable and can be used to serve people in a different ministry context. It's not maybe from behind a pulpit or from a church office, but it's still ministry. So that's one thing, is helping pastors recognize you do have skills to offer. Here's another big one, Melissa, is like just the, I'm going to call it the poverty mentality that is so much in ministry. Um okay. You know, there's there's kind of another extreme in the Christian community. Some would label it the prosperity gospel, the health and wealth gospel. And I'm not here to start a debate on that. I'm just saying for every Christian that's probably over in this extreme, there's probably about 10 on the other side of the ditch in this place of poverty mentality, this scarcity thing where it's like the more broke I am, the more righteous I am. I think there's a healthy tension in the middle well, let me just tell the story real quick from my own perspective. When I finally surrendered to, to the Lord and said, yes, I'll serve you as a pastor, I also said yes to something that God never asked of me. But it's what I saw growing up in, in a pastor's home. I saw my parents struggle financially. I felt those unspoken expectations that that's what we expect of a pastor. We don't have a, a mental framework for a pastor who's thriving financially so, you know, God, you keep our pastor humble. We'll keep him broke. That whole thing. Like, I just thought when I said yes to serving God in ministry that I was also saying yes to scarcity and struggling. And for way too many years, I regret to say that I led my family in that way where we're kind of holding our breath at the checkout line at the grocery stores. We're running the debit card. Like, is there enough in the checking account to, to get groceries this week? And here's what it took me a long time to, to hear from my good father. John, I never asked you to struggle financially. You accepted a paradigm that I never offered. I just asked you to obey me and, and use the gifts that I put inside of you to serve other people. I never said you had to be broke. And uh, if, if you desire to earn some extra income beyond what the church is able to, to pay you, let's go do it. That's why I've given you gifts and talents and abilities. Go add value in the marketplace and get paid for it. I wish I would have known that way, way sooner in my ministry journey than it took me years to, to figure that out. But once I figured it out, I'm like, this is too good not to share with other people. So I'm shouting it from the rooftops now, like, let's go. Yeah, no, I love that. And I love even what you were saying about the prosperity gospel. 
It was funny. I actually, I have another podcast that I started with a group of friends. It's called Girls Gone Holy. And we are talking about wealth um, creation and wealth generation. And, and even for myself, like I remember it was just, it was actually just last year. Um, I sat down with, um, a business coach of mine and I, and she, you know, she said, most of the time what you're passionate about, I said, well, I really just want people to know about Jesus. And she's like, well, how do you think we could change the world? I said, well, you know, telling people about Jesus. She was like, yeah, but also imagine instead of handing somebody $20, you could give them 20,000, how much money can change people's lives. And I couldn't even conceptualize that. And I think we've totally missed the opportunity of, of like, if you want to do something, you're going to need resource yeah. to be able to do that. And, and I just never really like took the time to like be open to that. I think yeah. the church has really missed that. And it's this whole thing about this. You don't want to have a prosperity, you know, Jesus didn't die for your prosperity. And I'm like, you know what? The cross is literally a plus sign. Like we literally went from darkness yeah. into light. We went from like sin into his righteousness. Like the fact that God doesn't want us to prosper is kind of silly. Like he yeah. wants us to prosper in every area of our life and finances. Why would, why would he not want us to prosper financially? Absolutely. You know one time I was having a coaching conversation with a pastor and just trying to help him get clarity on his goals and where he wanted to be. And so I, I asked him about his finances. I said, if I said, imagine I'm sliding a blank check across the table to you get to write in the number, whatever you want for an annual income. What is that number? And, you know, he thought about it for a minute and he shot me back this figure of like $85,000 and a year. And I just paused and I said, bro, Let's let me be honest. I I gave you a blank check to put any number on it you want, and that's your number eighty five thousand dollars in annual income, and nothing wrong with that. Like it's that's a that's an yeah. above average salary in in our part of the country. But then he kind of sheepishly hung his head, and he just it's that whole thing of he didn't feel like it was okay for him to be honest and say I'd love to see what it feels like to make two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, five hundred thousand dollars a year. It's just a number. It's like it's it's just money and money's a powerful tool in the hands of good people we can do good with it so it's not about loving money but it's about recognizing it is okay god is not upset when we apply ourselves and add value to others in such a way that it's reciprocated and and we do better and and we serve more people through it so i i wish it hadn't taken me as long as it did to really figure this out but i'm the type of person that once i get a message and i'm excited about it I'm going to tell a whole bunch of other people and bring others along for the ride. So yeah, man, it's, it's time to kind of rethink some of these paradigms that we've taken into ministry for far too long. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with you. And it's an exciting journey and I think it's necessary and important and it relieves stress 1000% for, um, I mean, talk about being an entrepreneur. I don't know anyone more dedicated and will like bend over backwards and bring more dedication and hard work than people in ministry. I mean, yeah. they will do anything. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, right. They are not lazy at all. Um, some of the most hardworking, dedicated people that I know. So what would you say, you know, you kind of alluded to this a little bit, but you said one of the hangups that, you know, an, a pastor, someone in ministry listening right now would be like, well, I don't, I just don't know what I have to offer. How could somebody start to identify things like gifts, skills that they have that they could like, let's say they wanted like someone listening right now being okay. 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 I want to start another stream of income. 
how could they get started or start to assess skills that they have that would be valuable in the marketplace? Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to offer two different thoughts. I'll spend more time answering that question, but here's one thought years ago, I had a guy in, in our uh, coaching group and he's a pastor of a healthy church in West Virginia. The guy is a multimillionaire, not from his church work, obviously, but it's from his, he's a serial entrepreneur. He has multiple businesses, um, and one time he was, we were in this group call and he he heard a bunch of these guys talking about our passions, discovering our passions. And he just kind of laughed and he said, I'm listening to you guys talking about, you know, finding your passions. He's like, I love making money. He said, so I find what people need in the marketplace and I go meet that need. He has a pressure washing business. So it's like, he's not passionate about washing buildings and driveways, but it's a way to meet a need and, and then he builds income. So what I want to, the thought I want to pose there is, not everything needs to be built necessarily around our passion. Like there is something too. If you need to make some extra money, go find the things that people are willing to pay for and provide a great service or product in that arena, whether you're necessarily passionate about it or not. Having said that, what I love to do in working with people is I use an acronym. I, I read it years ago in a little book that you might've heard of called The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. He uses an acronym called SHAPE. And it stand that it goes like this. The S stands for your spiritual gifts. H is your heart. You know, what are you passionate about? What makes you come alive? A is your abilities. What are you naturally gifted at or talented in? P is your personality. So there's a lot of different assessments you can do to kind of have that self-awareness of what your personality is. And then E is your experiences, you know, your educational experience, your ministry experience, your painful experiences in life. And I love how he talks about God uses all of those things to uniquely shape each and every one of us. And I think that's a really helpful paradigm to walk people through because a lot of that leaves clues that will point me in a direction of, well, I could go do this or that and create some revenue around it. Yes, but I could also really lean into this thing over here and get excited about it because it fits so much of who I am. So I'm I'm okay with either, especially if you're in a place of like, John, I just need some income. Cool. Let's go find a, a, a need that, that you can meet and get some income coming in. I'll, I'll give a really tangible uh, example of this. Melissa, earlier I mentioned that I have a handyman business. It's one of the things that I do. Um, I am not passionate about home repairs and, you know, building furniture for people or, you know, fixing, cleaning their gutters or whatever. That does not get me out of bed in the morning going, let's go very profitable business, but I'll tell you, here's my vision for that business. Someday in the near future, I'm going to work myself out of every part of that business to where I have a team of people. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring my superpower to that business. And I'm going to meet with those people once a week and I'm going to build into them. And we're going to build up people. We're It'll be a platform from which we can bring people who might not otherwise be hireable. I'm going to partner them with someone who is very trustworthy, and and we are going to build people. They're going to they're going to see my business as a way, kind of the thing that helped them get to the next level in life, even if that means graduating out of that business into something else. But that's where I'll get excited: is building people. But the business is going to be the platform. For that ministry. And oh, by the way, that business is creating income for me as I have built people, because that's one of the skills that I have. So again, if 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 you're passionate about cleaning gutters, that's awesome. Like I genuinely I've got people that work for me in that they love doing the actual work of 
home repair and stuff. That's great. That's that doesn't fire me up. So hopefully that kind of gives an example of like you can do either one. My the big win for me would be to get people really dialed into what fits their shape the best. That's so good. And what I love that is that you have a vision. So like um people are like, do you have a business plan or a five-year plan? And I that used to be like, I I wouldn't even know. I didn't go to college for that. I don't know. Right. But from a like you know, praying about it and getting a vision is really like you've assessed that you love building into people. Obviously that plays out in the church through being a pastor, but then in the marketplace, you're like, okay, if I could stick with this job for two years, right. Where I'm doing all the work and then I can get to a point where then I can hire people, then I can start to assess my skills. So it's delayed pass passionification, (laughs) delayed passion, um, but you're working towards something that you can see a, a greater vision for. Yeah. And hopefully in that too, our audience can see a great example of like business is ministry. We say it all the time to our pastors that we have this flawed dichotomy that, and I think by the way, Melissa, I think a lot of people end up in ministry for the wrong reasons. They had a genuine heart to serve God with their life. And where they went wrong was the church model. The message was well, if you're going to serve God full time, you you're either a missionary or a pastor. You know, maybe you're on staff at a church, maybe you work for a nonprofit, but pretty much anything else outside of that is secular work. And so, a few of us are the the you know special chosen ones that get to be professional Christians and work full time in it. That is such a flawed dichotomy. Yeah. Business is ministry, and you know who better to be out in the marketplace than men and women who genuinely feel that calling of God upon their life to serve and to shepherd other people. I'm fine if you do that inside the church world. Yes, but I'm also very fine if you do that out in the marketplace because it's all ministry. And regardless of when I wake up, if I'm going about the handyman thing, if I'm sitting here in my home office building entree pastors, or if I'm sitting in the fire station or Sundays when I get to preach, it's all ministry. I, I never really take the ministry hat off, even though the ministry looks like a lot of different things, depending yeah. on you know what day of the week it is. That's so good. And I have to tell you, that is so, um, we, we will go for what we see, you know, and like you said, you grew up and if you saw someone serving God, it was in the context yeah. of church. So you're like, if I really want to serve God, this is what I see. And mm-hmm. I have to share, I've shared this um, a long time ago, maybe on the show, but I remember when I was praying about the next step. My husband and I, we had church planted in the UK for four years, came home. And I was really like, God, I don't know what the next step is. And I just thought that we were going to be in ministry. Mm-hmm. And it was Christmas time. And I had asked my daughter, what do you want for Christmas? And she had said a dump truck. And she was like three at the time. And I was like, that's so strange. Like, why does she want a dump truck? We laughed about it. When she, when I asked her, I was envisioning like a Barbie dream house or an easy bake oven. And anyway, the next day, her um, preschool teacher sent me this picture of all these kids lined up along the chain link fence and they were looking at a dump truck. And I was like, oh, she's asking for something that she can see. And God spoke to me through that whole thing. And he was like, Melissa, you, anything that you're praying for is going to be a dump truck but I have in store for you a Barbie dream house. It's just, you haven't seen it yet. And then he totally brought me into um, this whole thing of content creation and social media and that you can actually serve God in the marketplace and through online. 
And I never like, that wasn't even in my brain, you know? Um, but so often, like, like what you're saying, when we are like, I want to serve the Lord, we will think about that just in what we can, what we've seen. And so I love it. You're just breaking off mindsets. You're breaking off what's possible. Like, right. Cause it's true. You're like the fact that you are a fireman, a pastor, have a tool business. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, whoa, that's possible. You know, yeah. you can do it. You can have your cake and eat it too. You can do it all. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. Well, thank you. And and you just, I need you to hear this. I've never been more inspired by a Barbie dream house than right now with that story. So that's awesome. You know, it turns out you're in ministry. That's what you wanted. And God's like, sure, it can be ministry. It just doesn't have to be in a dump truck form. And I'll tell you this, Melissa, this is going to be maybe a little abrasive to some because I'm not going to pull any punches with this. But for years, I have been coaching pastors since 2014 is when I launched my first podcast that was geared to pastors. I did that for seven or eight years. And then we kind of shifted gears into this, uh, into this Andre pastors thing. But I say all that to say, I've been speaking into the lives of pastors for quite some time now. And I've heard just countless horror story after horror story. There's great churches out there. Don't get me wrong. There are great churches that love and take care of their pastors. And there are a ton of them who do not. So I'm on record as saying my prayer for like that profile of a toxic church that has a long history of chewing up and spitting out their pastor's um, that the day is soon coming that that church will not be able to find a pastor who's willing to come and deal with the dump truck any longer. Like they, they've recognized, I don't have to serve God in this capacity. There are so many more options, life giving options to serve God in ministry, to be obedient to my calling. And it does not have to look like kind of the abuse that I've been taking uh, and all of these unrealistic, unbiblical expectations that have been heaped on the shoulders of, of those who lead and serve in the church. Um, so yeah, it's, I love your vision for that. Like sometimes we only know to ask for the things we've seen and uh, there's a whole lot more possible. And it's like, Jesus said he came to give us life and give it more abundantly. Like this abundant life really is a thing, but you talk to a lot of pastors who've been in it for a while and missionaries, you don't hear a lot of joyful abundance coming out of their, their life. They have been beat down, kicked in the teeth. And, uh, you know, there's something about the model that we've broke, that we've built that is very broken. When we see thousands of pastors walking away from ministry every year, utterly defeated, discouraged, it's time to, to rethink this thing, you know? So that's, that's what we're trying to do here. Yeah, that's so good. And it's this heart to serve the Lord, but you don't have to be abused and mismanage your time and sacrifice your family on the altar. I mean, yeah. it's yeah, you're absolutely right. And I, that's totally why I wanted you on the podcast. Um, I just, I just love what you're doing. So um, the last question that I really wanted to ask, you know, is what do you see, you kind of alluded to this a little bit, but what do you see moving forward for, um, you know, people in ministry, or if somebody's like, yeah, like I really want to serve God. And I thought it would be in the context of church, kind of like, what are you noticing right now with like the shifts and the dynamic with business and ministry? And what do you see moving forward? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this, if you just hit rewind a little bit in history, like go back kind of pre-COVID, the church, there's been a lot of alarming talk in the church about the 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 state of things in in church life right now. The church has kind of been in decline. 
then COVID hits and the church by and large really struggled through that, that tumultuous season, not only with the COVID stuff, the elections, the, the, the rioting, just all the stuff. It was a very stressful time for pastors. And then as the smoke is kind of clearing after some of that, we're looking around the church world going, okay, what do we have now? And I want to say this, I really want to put all of this in the context of, I think the best days of the church are still in front of us. I'm absolutely excited about the future. The church is in very capable hands because it belongs to Jesus. It always has been. Having said that, the model that we've known as church for a really long time, I think I think there's a wrecking ball that is coming against that model, the institution of the church. And I don't think Jesus is in heaven, you know, biting his fingernails, pulling his hair out over this. In some ways, he might be swinging the wrecking ball saying, look, there's some stuff that needs to come down. So here's my point. I I still think the traditional institutional church is still going to exist and thrive into the future. I think there's going to be a lot of unhealthy churches that do not. And quite frankly, I'm kind of excited about that, even though at the surface, it's going to look like a lot of churches closing their doors and things like that. I think you're going to see a new wave of ministry that looks a lot more bivocational, co-vocational. You're going to see a movement out into the marketplace. Again, I'm not saying like I'm at the forefront of all of that. I just think I'm one of the voices in that space right now. Um, But I think God's doing something. I think God is, is bringing about some revival, and it's not necessarily going to happen inside the four walls of our church buildings. I don't know that we were ever supposed to hold up inside of those four walls anyway. I kind of think the whole thing was about us going out into the marketplace with the gospel, and I think Jesus is shaking up his church right now and getting his people out into the marketplace, and it turns out it's not so bad out here. Like, the pay is better, People are nicer some of the times, you know, like there's some good stuff happening out here. So I think you're going to see more of that. I think you're going to see more and more pastors leaning into some non-traditional forms of ministry that maybe a decade or so ago would have brought some criticism and, you know, some hate from the Christian community. And you're going to see churches just going, well, I guess this is what normal ministry looks like now. And, And again, I couldn't be more excited about it. I think it's going to be a really good thing. Yeah. Well, I remember I saw a quote recently, it was from Billy Graham and he said, the next great revival and wave is going to come in the marketplace. Amen. And yeah, I think, I think from like the church perspective, from the pulpit, we would say like, yeah, we're here to go out, but then we fill our calendar with like Monday night teaching, Wednesday night, Bible study, Friday night, potluck. And it's like, we're not going out. We're pretty, we're pretty inclusive here. So You know, Melissa, there was a season in my ministry after we kind of built the thing that everyone said was the successful, if you're successful, this is what your church is going to look like. So here I am leading a church with multiple campuses, a growing team of staff members. And we had so much fun. Like it was so much fun working 40 hours a week in the church office with people who know and love Jesus and rarely cuss and all this stuff. Everyone around me was a Christian, maybe with the exception of our secretary. She hated that joke when I would tell that, by the way. But anyway, here I find myself after a while feeling an emptiness like I'm not on mission. I spend my entire week with professional Christians in this squeaky clean environment of a church office. And so for me, when I got to go back into full-time firefighting, it was such a it was just such a relief to like be able to kind of take the pastor hat off for a minute and go sit around the kitchen table with salty, seasoned, crusty firefighters who do not talk like me, think like me, vote like me, 
and to just be there with them in that moment. I mean, so many opportunities for ministry and laughter and Jesus conversations and some certainly some non-Jesus conversations. Uh, but it's it's so refreshing to like be back in the, the world where people are and kind of getting out of that false aquarium of the Christian professional Christian community. So I, I welcome that for many other pastors. Like, let's get you back out and remind you what this whole thing was about in the first place. Wow. That is powerful. Being in a 40 hours a week with a profession with professional Christian squeaky clean environment and thinking I'm not on mission. Yeah. Wow. I have just loved this conversation. Um, man, is there anything else like if you could say to like somebody listening right now that's a missionary? We have some on the call right now. Um, someone in, in ministry that's like, man you know, I, I want to get back into being, um, I don't want to say on mission because I know that that's different for everybody, but I want to get back into maybe making another stream of income or being more in the marketplace. Um, how could they get started? Just really well, simple. Here's a quick word of encouragement. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And if I could just offer one, you know, parting shot, it is you serve a God who has given us freedom. And that freedom can look different for you than it looks for anyone else, you do not have to try to be a clone of someone else's story or ministry uh, or impact. Like you do what God has put on your heart to do. And and it's going to be fun. It's going to be life giving, you know, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. So uh, I would just invite anyone if, if they need help in this arena, I, I would be more than happy to jump on a call and just explore, like, how can we help you get some clarity on what that might look like for you? And uh, maybe it's just a whole new refreshing season of stepping into something, maybe reawakening a dream that has been dormant for a long time. I don't know, but where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and serving him is a good thing. It's a fun thing. It's a life-giving thing. Let's mm -hmm. help you get back to that. Oh, okay. Wait, just before we close out here, I just have to say, if someone's listening, what you based off what you just said, and they're like, I'm not having fun. Um, this isn't like, and I thought that I wasn't supposed to have fun, you know, taking scripture. It's like set, uh, suffer for the Lord, take up your cross. What would you say? There are definitely going to be seasons of sacrifice and, and heartache and hardship. Yes. Um, but at the end of the day, Jesus was the one that said, you know, take my yoke upon you. It, it's, it's light. Like it's a light yoke to, to yoke up to Jesus. So there should be a life-giving energy and a lightness and a joyfulness, dare I say playfulness about the work we do. I'm, I watch my little grandson, he's two years old. I watch him play with just such, you know, fierceness. Like that's his job. It's like, that ought to be the, the, the intensity we bring to our work that man, we're just curious. We're having fun. We, we move from one thing to the next, like we're exploring. We're, we might be a little bit more mature and more sophisticated in how we play. But if we've lost that sense of fun and play in the work that we're doing, like we're, we're not doing it right. Let's get back to making it fun again. I love that. Okay. That's so good. That's so good. Yes. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. We are, we go through the valley. We're not meant to live there. <laughs> Man, that's good. That's good. So. Well, right now you have a special offer for Black Friday on the Entrepastors Business Builders membership. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, and you don't even have to line up and fight people for you know in line at Walmart at uh, four in the morning on Black Friday. So basically, our Business Builders community is a weekly 
gathering of ministry-minded people that are either just on the verge of launching their business or they already have launched their business. And our goal is to help them create a business that's profitable and get some revenue coming into their family that did not exist, you know, just a few weeks, months before. And so we've got kind of a flagship course that comes along with it that we call it a pastor's roadmap to financial freedom. But then it's just a weekly call where we're coaching uh, men and women that are going through this process. And, and it's practical. It's not just you know, it's not just theory. It's like, how do you, how do you launch an LLC? How do you set up your business checking account? Those very practical things of, you know, marketing and all the stuff to get a business going. So it's a place where a pastor, missionary, a ministry-minded person can actually come and celebrate what you're doing in the marketplace, be applauded, be cheered on instead of like, oh, is everything okay with you and the Lord? You know, why are you doing this thing? Um, so yeah, business builders, we'd love to, it, the, it's half off for the first month with, it also comes with a bonus coaching session with myself. And, um, you know, then, then it goes back to its regular price of $99 a month. So we'd offer that to anybody over the black Friday, cyber Monday weekend. That's kind of the special we're running right now. I love it. That's so awesome. Everybody go, go get that. <laughs> Everybody needs that. Um, and we'll put all your information in the show notes where people can find you on social media or connect with you. But I have just so appreciated you being here and coming on, especially right before the holidays. And I just love what you're doing. And I think it's breaking off um, mindsets and what's possible. And I think <clears throat> it has Jesus written all over it because that's what Thank Jesus you. Thank you. I, I applaud the work you're doing, Melissa. I really admire what you're doing, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to share with your community today. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Well, guys, um, tune in next week. We'll have another episode on the She Can Share podcast. And go follow John on all social media and connect with him and take advantage of the offer that he has for Black Friday. 